0: Why
1: have you said good hey, morning?
0: Hey, good morning, <laughs> Biambaland. It's not morning. B'yambaland. It's not
1: morning necessarily for them, though, Sanya. It's
0: morning everywhere at some point of the day.
1: <sighs> it's morning for us. We're recording early today. For yes, us. So
0: we're early birds. I had
1: an unexpected day without any work to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, you uh, did. I went, I want to do something creative. <laughs> Yes. As, as if this You is could creative. be playing
0: video games instead of recording this, but you chose Biampo. Yeah,
1: get a load of that, everyone. Hey, talking of games, we played a cool game, cool new game on Saturday oh, yeah. night. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> we, uh, we're going to do this as an episode at some point. Neverland of the Buzzcocks. Can I just You're get, so
0: proud of that can, name. Yeah,
1: can I get a round of applause, please, for the name? Woo! Basically, Woo-hoo! a Never Mind the Buzzcocks Meridian edition. Uh, but we played the, seeing the intros around. If if anyone here doesn't know, Never Mind the Buzzcocks is. It was mentioned on a recent episode of Beampod. Uh, it's a, a sarcastic British game show about the music industry. It's, it's not Steve Hogarth's favourite show, as... Uh, evidenced by his recent quote.
0: What? He What well, he mentioned Nevermind the Buscocks. He read that
1: out on, on here about how he was justifying the title of Animagnophobia mm. by saying that, yeah you know, we live in a piss state culture and he used Nevermind the Buscocks as an example of that.
0: Oh.
1: You don't remember me reading that out? I
0: kind of remember, yeah, I kind of remember you reading it out.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, but there's a round where you have to sing the intros to songs, and another team member has to guess it.
0: Yeah, you did quite well. I we, have both to did. Say. we
1: both did quite and well. And
0: I was, I, I found it um, enlightening because it made me really listen to the intros. Yeah. Because I'd had to try and remember them. And I mean, I only did a few songs, but it made me really appreciate how good the music was.
1: Particularly, you raved about the intro through Oh, It
0: was so good. Yeah. I liked um, what was the other one I did? Well, I think look, there was one off Seasons End, wasn't there? Was there? Oh, I can't remember. Well,
1: look, hey. It was a long time ago. We should do a couple now for our <laughs> people at home, see if they can guess. We'll reveal the answers at the end.
0: Okay, go on. I need to, I see, I need to listen to them before I do it, though.
1: Dow, 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 oh. dow, 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 dow. Down, 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 down. Uh, I haven't listened oh, to it. Now it's gone off-piste. It's gone wrong. <laughs> I haven't listened to it first. <laughs> I, I, need, I need to listen to the songs first, says Sandia, and proceeding to jump in and get <laughs> <laughs> wrong.
0: <laughs> Wanted to harmonise <laughs> with you. throw me
1: off. All right, you do it. No, it's do done it. now. It's done. Look, it was Grendel. I'm not even going to reveal it at the end.
0: No, you should have waited.
1: <laughs> Come on. I, well, no, I know
0: it. They know it. Yeah, know, of course they,
1: they know, it. know it. It's not going to bother revealing that one. Yeah, so anyway, we're going to do an episode at some point in the future called Neverland the Buscocks. And I'm just repeating that again because, man, that's a clever title. Whoever came up with that is a genius. It is a good title. It is a good title. Uh, so here we are still in the Anorak era for now. Uh, with our one of our infamous post-bag episodes. I think we're going to get through it all in one ep, given that we clearly scared off.
0: Yeah, you scared everyone off. Yeah. Either that or no one has anything to say about arachnophobia.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, should we just get on with it? Yeah, let's do we it. we will no doubt go off at tangents.
0: All right. Who shall I start? Yes. Who, who, who shall well, I start? You have asked me to read who this one because I, I can see it better. Yes. It will be revealed the reason why.
1: Well, I could just tell them. You've got your back to the uh, the window, so you... well,
0: also because it's a printout of a magazine. Yes. Review classic, and it's classic folk. and it's on a grey background. So my eyes, being much younger than you, yeah. my eyes work.
1: <laughs> hey, 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 hey. F- yeah. F- fuck off. <laughs>
0: Love you, right. so, love you.
1: I can't even say that in jest to you.
0: This that's first,
1: a... she didn't even hear me saying I love you. It's just
0: oh no, oh, I didn't off, actually. Wow. Oh, ah, oh, oh, that's, that's sweet. Nice. No, Good right. to know after that first comment.
1: Yeah, you laugh at that, and then just just move on to any <laughs> the nice stuff anymore. Oh.
0: No. <laughs> nah. All right. First, our first letter this week is from Mark.
1: One of many who've written in this week, by the way.
0: Many Marks.
1: Many Marks without surnames.
0: Oh, mystery Marks.
1: All the, it could just be the same Mark who keeps writing in.
0: Is oh, it, Mark wrote in, didn't he?
1: Yeah, but... He but he's
0: Dimples. He calls
1: himself something else. Yeah, yes. Dimples. Let's call this
0: the Mark of Distinction. Mark of Distinction says... Flicking through an old copy of Classic Rock, I found this review of the Anorak show at the Astoria and thought it might be of interest. It's quite negative, but I was at the show and I'm afraid to say that I had similar thoughts. It's probably the least satisfying Marillion gig I've ever seen. Wow, okay. I,
1: I imagine I was at it. I don't really remember. I only remember one show on that tour that was at one of the.
0: Where's the Astoria?
1: Oh, it's not there anymore. They've, they've knocked it down. Used to be Tottencourt Road. Oh, right. Gone.
0: Oh.
1: Yeah, they played there quite a bit.
0: Oh. Huh. All right, so let's read this review. Set list. This... Well, oh, no,
1: have a look at the date on the review.
0: September the 10th 2001
1: Oh so the night before H uh went and uh went to Donald Campbell's funeral you know Donald Campbell. Oh, was it on
0: September the 11th yeah. yeah I think you have mentioned that mm. So the set list that night was This Strange Engine Quartz When I Meet God This Town 100 Nights Goodbye to All That Afraid of Sunlight, Out of This World, This is the 21st Century, Map of the World, King, The Great Escape, Easter, and Between You and Me. Now, that looks like a great set list to me.
1: I'm sure the band thought it was a bit low energy. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, it looks like a great set list. That's Even though it. it's got this town on it, you don't like this town.
0: Yeah, but it's all right. It goes into A Hundred Nights. Um, no, it's got... It's got got great songs on there you
1: don't like King. Lo- I'm trying to hang you on, don't I'm like tr- map of the world you don't like this is the 21st century got, hang
0: on a minute you don't like I, out of this world I didn't say I didn't like map of the world I didn't say I didn't like this is the 21st century <laughs> I said I felt neutral about them mm. which means I don't dislike them but they're not my favourites uh. they're not necessarily songs I'd seek out to listen to like when I meet meet God is, I would seek that out. Yes. But I wouldn't skip them necessarily. Oh, sorry, I tripped over my words then. You I wouldn't skip them necessarily. It. It I'm trying to figure out why that would be considered a low energy set. This strange engine's not low energy. At uh, least towards the end. Yeah,
1: I think, yeah, this was the set um, list. Don't forget the fans voted for that the band were a bit surprised by.
0: Oh, this is the fan voted set list.
1: Apparently, yeah.
0: Oh wow! Mm. And that's why you said the band might have felt it was a bit low energy.
1: Well, they did in interviews. I mentioned this last week.
0: Right? Yeah. You, you did mention you, yeah. that.
1: <laughs> you have no recollection of it. <laughs> no, I Your do. Your face looks completely blank.
0: No, I remember you mentioning that. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's read the review. By this review is by a Jerry Ewing.
1: Well, Jerry Ewing. You know who Jerry Ewing is?
0: I have no idea.
1: I didn't even notice it was Jerry Ewing that wrote that review. It's his, Bloody hell. It's his dad, Jerry Whoa. Ram. I didn't even notice that it was Jerry Ewing who wrote that review. Jerry Ewing. Jerry Ewing. Jerry flipping Ewing. Who
0: is Jerry Ewing? The editor
1: of Prog Magazine.
0: The current editor of Prog yeah, Magazine. Who?
1: Well, you'll see. But bear in mind, Jerry Ewing, who, is, who has interviewed the band. He interviewed them for the Couch Convention last year.
0: Oh, wow. So Uh, he's still friends with them.
1: Yeah. Uh, So you worry about, you know, the band hearing some things that we've said. Wait till you get a load of this review and they're still talking to Jerry Ewing.
0: Well, yeah, because he's the editor of Prog Magazine. Of course, they're still talking to Jerry
1: Ewing. (laughs) All right,
0: let's go. Jerry says... (laughs) Take away Marillion's front man and the remaining members would continuously noodle away without a care in the world. There were many instances tonight where it didn't really matter that Steve Hogarth was doing his own little thing or not. As fellow members, (laughs) as fellow members, Truavis, Kelly, Rothery and Mosley seemed more than happy to meander down their own rather boring musical path. Wow. It might have been okay if we'd all been horizontal watching the moon melt, but as a rock and roll show, it doesn't make much for a, of a spectacle. Still, coming on like Genesis, doing A Grateful Dead is not going to do Merillion's tedious, we're not a prog band, cause much good. It's simple, really. If you don't want everyone to call you a prog band, don't make records that sound like modern prog rock. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't make records that sound like modern prog rock. Merillion are a great band, tonight's tedium aside, one of the most enjoyable I've ever seen, be it with Fish or Hogarth, but their incessant carping just makes them seem like a bunch of bitter old men. Tonight sees Merillion at a crossroads, and not for the first time. They can either carry on doing what they do to ever-diminishing returns, their fans may clap anything, but in reality, only opener this strange engine, new single map of the world, the always excellent Great Escape and Afraid of Sunlight and King offer any respite from the freeform approach. Or they can try another approach. Maybe if Hogarth's increasingly evident ego can be kept in check, that one-off reunion gig with Fish might not be a bad idea securing some kind of short-slash-long-term financial stability and career longevity for both parties. I suspect they'll bury their heads in the sand, though. The result? How about a pub gig at the Monarch in Camden in three years' time? See you down the front? Probably. Jerry wow. Ewing. Wow. That's, uh... Ouch. Ouch. You did say that the band just came back and said, well, we wouldn't have picked this set list. It was too low energy. Yeah,
1: but it's about more than that. He's, you know, he's also talking about the ego of the lead singer, isn't he? Yeah. And how they sound like bitter old men.
0: What, and, what do you uh, think that was... Hang on, be,
1: Incessant carping.
0: All right. Could you explain those phrases to me? I, I don't understand what out of those songs on that set make made whoa, them sound whoa. like bitter old men no
1: it's not about the songs it's about what they've been saying in the press up till then
0: oh oh i thought he was still not, talking no, about it's not no he's talking
1: about the all the comment. you know like the press release the, oh, the company no. down phobia all of all of the anti prog stuff
0: oh no but that might not have been from the whole band
1: well i what do does incessant
0: carping refer to it's moaning Oh,
1: um, there is I've got some quotes funnily enough from Mark Kelly but I'm not going to read them out because they relate to another letter but where, they talk, where he talks about their trying to distance themselves from Prague and why they did it what is interesting is um, on the, the Marbles tour because uh, I've just started researching kind of stuff around Marbles I started last night actually uh, and a quote from H about how he specifically requested for that tour not to play any fish era stuff um, oh, that he finally wow. thought I'm not doing this anymore although of course he has gone on to, to bring it back into the set list yeah, and appreciate some of it but yeah he felt that they didn't need to
0: and do you agree with his decision or do hey, you look, understand where he came from or do you think it was a do you think it wasn't a good decision if you can hear banging
1: by the way the kids are dragging the anchor around upstairs despite specifically being asked to keep quiet while we Just were recording
0: hold, hold on to the anchor for an hour <laughs>
1: Anyway, uh do I agree with it? Look, I've been to loads of gigs by Marillion where they've never played any fish stuff. I haven't got a problem with that because I love Marillion. Mm. You know, it's it's I and I think like four fifths of the band just see it as a continuation. You know, musically it's still clearly Mark, Ian, Pete and brothers who who have driven Marillion's identity throughout. Mm. Um and Rothers is he he disagrees with, with H about the whole changing their name thing. H thinks they should have changed their name. Rothers is like, Well, I don't see us as any different to how we used to be. Right. You know, yeah, of course they've changed their sound and they've evolved, but it but the way he sees it is they would have done that anyway. Mm. Yeah, I mean lots of bands, you know, will go on tour and not play anything from the earlier album. Mm,
0: yeah, that's true.
1: I haven't got I haven't got any sort of issue with it, particularly given that I think uh There's enough quality stuff from kind of, you know, all their albums that you could, you could have a set list that, that was brilliant without having to kind of go anywhere near anything beyond the last 10 years, to be honest. Mm.
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, I agree. I understand. Just having a look back at that set list from the Astoria, that, that looked like all... um... H era stuff didn't
1: yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. The earliest yeah. one was, Easter. and and it
0: still looks like a great set list. Um, I I'm I agree with oh anchors fallen. I agree with um, H, deciding to take a break from singing fish era stuff for a while. He just wanted to cement what yeah. they had. I mean, marbles such an epic album. Hmm. Let, I, I have let no people problem with just it. concentrate on that for a bit. Yeah, yeah, I, don't, I get it. no
1: issue with it at all. I never did, even back then. I suppose I get why some people might have... How do we get on to talking about this, by the way? I haven't woken up today. This is the problem with doing it early.
0: Oh, <laughs> I feel, I feel half you're asleep. You're tanker.
1: Yeah. Hey, everyone. Uh, sorry, we just had a little break of uh, about an hour <laughs> because of the, the anchor dragging. So, Jerry Ewing, who I just thought was, you know, a 100% Mr. Supporter of, of Marillion.
0: Not on that day, he yeah. wasn't.
1: And I don't blame him because, you know, this is why they needed Lucy Jordash to kind of come in and take control Smooth of Smooth
0: things over with the press.
1: Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next letter, which is from Brad. Brad to the bone. <laughs> Brad. Brad to the
0: bone. Brad to the bone.
1: Brad says, I was not around as a fan for the crowdfunding of Anorak, but it was the current release at the time I first got into the band. At that point, Seasons M was my only reference point for Meridian's music. This was pretty different and seemed like an effort to be more in line with modern trends. On one hand, I appreciated the similarities to bands like U2 and Radiohead, but those weren't the kinds of bands I was really into at the time. I like them both now. So I wasn't really sure what to make of Meridian at that point. But I stuck with the band, and it was really after Marbles came out that Anorak started to click with me. I still wouldn't call it a favourite. I prefer both Radiation and Dotcom, actually. But it is a strong overall effort. I do agree many of the songs are too long. I would lop off the Monday, Tuesday, blow a Tuesday section from Between You and Me, as the single version does, the oiled and jeweled section of Quartz can go. I can also do without the I want to go out section of When I Meet God and the extended instrumental ending on This is the 21st Century. I think I'd agree with him on all of those. Aww.
0: <laughs> um, I'd agree with some of those.
1: I I agree with all of them. The I want to go out, but I don't mind.
0: I, don't, I love uh, the I instrumental like ending of This is the yeah, 21st Century. Yeah, we covered century. this
1: last week and we couldn't agree whether you like the nice bit or the nasty bit
0: well because to me it's nice
1: okay brad continues i really love the fruit of the wild rose it's a track where megan's presence is really felt separated out a map of the world also tracks that i enjoy a good bit and i do like if my heart were a ball it's experimental and probably the most prog thing on the album but it sounds like something that could have been trendy in the early 2000s I don't get the hate for it at all. It's mainly from us because everyone else was written in going. Well, not they like mainly, it. From mainly from you. Mainly for me. Yeah, it's, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but then I also like King Cathedral Wall and drilling holes. Oh, I've just been sick in my mouth. Um... <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> I like King. It's <laughs> all. Sort of. You just uh,
0: leave it. I like King. After like the whole list of songs, you pick one. <laughs>
1: Uh, I also think it hints in places at what was to come on the Invisible Man. He, mm, Invisible Man was a lot better. Let's all oh, know. Let's not put those in the same bracket, please. Please,
0: it says it hints in places, in places at what was to come.
1: It hints he, he didn't in say
0: it's as good as Invisible Man.
1: Yeah, well, you're talking here basically my favourite Meridian song, being compared to. <laughs> My one of my bottom five <laughs> brilliant songs out of the hundreds they've recorded. So, you'll excuse me if that kind of does kind of make my diaphragm contract.
0: <laughs> oh dear.
1: Uh, so he did say though that I um that got me thinking was him saying he preferred both radiation and dot com, yeah, Anorak because I was thinking then actually, did I prefer radiation because I know. I know we got a bit of grief for going on about a lot of negativity about the castle years, but we did like radiation. This is the We thing. did
0: actually like radiation, both of us. Both
1: of us. And most of our negative comments around the time were more to do with what was being said in the press. Do I prefer radiation to, to anorak? Oh, is this just dawning on you? Well, I don't know. I'd put them on a par.
0: Hmm, that's a good question. But
1: I think the production on anorak is better.
0: The production on anorak is wildly better. And
1: there is more energy. If Radiation... I like a lot of the songs on Radiation. If Radiation had the same level of production and kind of... If it had the time to brew...
0: Yeah, who produced Radiation again? The band. Imagine you take Radiation and get Dave Megan on it. Yeah. I reckon it could have been
1: yeah. on par
0: with Anorak.
1: Me too. Hey, you know what was left off of Anorak? What? What? and I remember this because the song was floating around and kept getting mentioned by the band, was Power.
0: Are you for real? Power Power is that old? Power dates
1: back to the Anorak era.
0: No way. My mind is blown. They've (laughs) held on to it. What do you mean, hold on to it? Um, They've held on to it for that long, for 20 years. Uh,
1: Not quite 20 years, about 12, 13, 14 but
0: it was meant to be on Anarachnophobia. I thought Anarachnophobia came out in the 2000s. 2000. Uh, 2001. When did Sounds That Can't Be Made come out? Oh, yeah, of course. Sorry. Sounds That Can't Be Made came out like 10 years ago. Yeah. I'm thinking it's a recent album. <laughs> I don't know. In my head, Sounds That yeah. Can't Be Made
1: came out like two years ago. Yeah, yeah. What, nine, eight years ago? Nine years ago? Oh, fair enough. It's ago. still
0: a long time.
1: Um, yeah. I, I remember Pete bigging it up that he sort of said oh i remember him saying oh you just know it's got one of those choruses that will travel around the world and you'll hear it and it, even then i thought really Is it your brilliant i don't know if it'll be but anyway uh, they could never find a way to finish it to their satisfaction mm-hmm. so they scrapped the music but they kept the lyrics for the version that we know
0: have you heard the original version? No,
1: no, they've never well no, because it never got finished. They would they kept trying different versions of it. I mean, basically every album leads right. up to Um
0: There must be a demo somewhere.
1: Well yeah. I'd love to hear
0: got... it. I would love to hear the original versions of Power.
1: Yeah, but they're only jams, they're not kind of Still, yeah. it's to
0: see its evolution. Yeah.
1: Don't I you think, think that would that. be
0: interesting? It
1: would be really interesting, although anyone who's bought the making of albums will mm. tell you it might not be that interesting. <laughs> 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 you know, those those making of albums they might as well be kind of so they might as well self-destruct after the first listen,
0: because oh, <laughs>
1: no. no one listens to them a second time.
0: What's on them? Are they are they jams or yeah
1: snippets of jams? You don't even really get. You normally get a full demo version of the album, but mm. they, they, it, it, by that point, it more or less sounds like the album anyway, just not as produced, right? So uh, yeah, and then just lots of yeah tedious noodling that sounds a bit like kind of something in the song. Sometimes.
0: Aww.
1: like Lots of... his 30 seconds of something that sounds a bit like the bass line of Quartz. Or, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> or well, here's a good, version... It
0: could be interesting. Some
1: of it is... In, oh, it's all interesting. I do like listening to them for the first time. Mm. Um, but yeah, to say... Yeah, they're not... You, you wouldn't put them on. To, no, the it, it's not
0: something that you'd put on to listen to. No. During your leisure time. It's more something that you listen to out of curiosity. Yes,
1: but they were another way that Marillion managed to... Um, find new revenue streams, he says politely.
0: But it's a good idea.
1: It is a good idea. It's a great idea. So, next letter is from our friend Dimples. Oh, I've got a blank page. oh hey. well, the next blank page is from our friend Dimples.
0: <laughs> Dimples. Okay,
1: Mark. Another Mark page. He might want
0: to remain anonymous.
1: Mark, Mark, Mark. Mark Dimples. Anonymous. I've already said his name. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. So, so sorry, Mark, if you don't want everyone to know that you're Mark Paling, we'll um, we'll gloss over it. Everyone, just fast forward that bit that we <laughs> just said.
0: My turn to read. Yeah.
1: What does he mean by this?
0: Dear Mr. Wildman and Mrs. Giggles. What does he mean by you're that? You're a wild man. You're out of control.
1: I I giggle more than you. Remember, you giggle. Oh yeah, you face.
0: giggle. Yeah, I giggle quietly. You like giggle like a wild man. Do I
1: giggle or do I guffaw?
0: Both. Oh. You do both. You do both.
1: I'm a wild man, am I?
0: Um, at the time of the pre-order campaign, I didn't really get into the buzz about how big a deal the concept of crowdfunding was going to be and didn't really share the wow factor of what was happening. If anything, I was sceptical of the of the approach. I mean, bloody cheek begging for the pat fan base for cash up front. That said... From a purely selfish viewpoint, I was in. Let's face it, I was going to buy the CD when it was released anyway, so why not fork out early and get a super packaged version of the same thing with a bonus disc, my name and picture in the booklet, and a guaranteed delivery on release day rather than having to pop down to the shops to track it down or internet it. The finished product was a thing of beauty and well worth the early investment, although as a fan... I felt a little insulted at the album title and accompanying artwork as, to me, it had a feeling of our fans are all a bit weird, but that's OK by us as we've named an album after them to celebrate the weirdness and call them all Barry. Yeah,
1: I hear you. I hear you, Mark. Pay up, dimples. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know you don't want track reviews just yet, but there are some belters and Anorak, some long drawn out soap opera tracks, which means too long. And of course, we are going to differ, but rolling my balls uphill is better than sucking my wild rose. That's what you think. That's up- what you think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, keep up the good work brings a smile to, to my face on Mondays and breaks up long car journeys. Dimples. Love
1: you, Dimples.
0: Love you, Dimples.
1: Yeah. Uh, there we go. It's, there's the fan thing again. He's got a point. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yes, the Barry thing, it's yeah—it's a little bit insulting. He's right. It was. And I think on some level it sent the wrong message, really. And also, well, it wasn't that. we—we we, Again, we talked about this in recent weeks. It was more that the messaging was a bit weird and confused and wasn't clear, mm. like what they were trying to say with it.
0: Yeah. You didn't know whether it was like a veiled insult or... It was about something else completely different.
1: But also, do you want to really kind of even send out a message to the, the rest of the music industry that we think our fans are nerds? You know, even if you're saying being a nerd's good.
0: Yeah, you don't have to be afraid of nerds, but... Yeah.
1: Is that really what you want to say? Because it's not really... They didn't
0: think it through, did they? No, not in the slightest. Yeah, they needed like a PR expert looking after them.
1: Also as well, this is why, sorry to bang on about this, because I talked about it a bit a few weeks ago. I never really saw Marillion fans get a bad rap in the music industry press or the music press. I never saw Marillion fans get a bad rap in the music press. The band often did. But I didn't ever really see people kind of slagging off Marillion's fans.
0: Do fans of anyone else get a bad rap?
1: Just out of curiosity. Certainly sometimes sci-fi fans do, yeah.
0: Do they? Well, yeah. Why?
1: Uh, Well, it's not really what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, it's not really. Well,
0: no, because I'm just thinking I don't know of any fans that get Uh, a bad uh, rap.
1: All virgins, uh, you know.
0: Oh, I see. That's what you meant. I thought I was thinking more like, oh, they're all like um, have fist fights. You know, actually, yeah, like football fans sometimes. Yes. They all like have fights and stuff.
1: But we're getting off subject. uh, What I'm trying to say is I think it was the band's perception was skewed. Right. And the thing that I talked about the other week that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, frankly, if, you know, the band did use the term anorax in a disparaging way. Because it felt like it came out out of nowhere, the arachnophobia thing. You mm. know, I know Meridian fans are passionate, but it just felt like it was like, oh, okay, none of us have been saying this. I haven't seen it anywhere. Mm. Why are you calling us it?
0: <laughs> it was yeah. like...
1: Oh, I see. That's why, I suppose, yeah, I wondered. This seems to have come from within the band, this idea.
0: And then that's not... That doesn't leave a nice taste in your mouth. No, it doesn't, frankly.
1: Because um, I never saw oh, myself Oh, yeah, that's an that.
0: awkward... Yeah. misstep isn't it I never
1: saw myself as like an anorak being a Marillion fan
0: yeah
1: I don't know just be bloody pleased that people like your music that's all it was
0: which is what they're trying to say with the title Anoraknophobia <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. just backfired
1: anyway whatever uh, next letter's from another Mark no name And no are surname. you going to
0: give this Mark a uh... Nickname so that we know which Mark he is. Mark
1: of death oh, <laughs> for Halloween. That's not nice. The mark of death for Halloween.
0: And rebirth. for de- Rebirth for Mark death. of
1: rebirth. I don't think that's a thing. Mark of death says, Thoughts on Anorak. It's an odd album for me and one that for a while I had a bit of a problem with. But whenever I listen to it, I always find plenty to enjoy. The main feeling is that Meridian finally seem to have some wind back in their sails. The Pre-Order and The Return of Dame Megan are a big step in the right direction. Some of the songs are too long, Quartz and this, this is the 21st Century of prime examples. Marillion has a groove but doesn't know when to stop. The other side of the coin is When I Meet God and Fruit of the Wild Rose are both products of jams but work wonderfully well with some beautiful music and are two of the band's best unheralded songs. Between you and me is fun and separated out as a rocker that seems convincing which is not always the case. Meridian tries to rock out. We said that. Map of the world is average but inoffensive but if my heart were, the bo- were a ball is just the noise and it's a shame that the album ends with it which I completely agree. Thank you finally for someone agreeing with me about if my heart were a ball. My main problem was not the music but how the band were trying to distance themselves from their past saying how they were not a prog band and comparing themselves to acts like the Doves and Massive Attack. I wanted Meridian to be Meridian and to be proud of that and their work. So, yeah, once again, there we go. I wasn't alone. Mm. It was, uh, they they had bad PR. They were crap at PR until Lucy came along.
0: Well, they didn't have anyone looking after PR, did they?
1: No, clearly Castle weren't handling them. Just don't let musicians take control of their own messaging. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the lesson do not let the lead singer just off off the, the leash completely unedited yeah unedited unfiltered yeah also try and kind of work out what might be the best way of uh of, of selling the band probably not by alienating the existing fan base <laughs> and upsetting them all bad just bad pr so next letter. Well, uh, oh no, wait! Quotes. I did have quotes. Yes, you've seen them there. I have. Um, yeah. So yeah, the the whole distance from from the past. This was an interview with Mark Kelly from 2013, where he talks about that whole prog label thing um, and how he sort of says things of because this they they won I think best band or best act at the prog awards given to them by Jerry Ewing, the uh, editor of Prog. Uh, Wow, okay, so So he didn't
0: like the live show, but... Well, this was years later, this was
1: 12 years after that. Oh,
0: I see. Oh, (laughs) I'm sorry, I thought the quote was from that time, even though the date on the quote clearly says 2013. Yes. (laughs) Just thought I'd get the dig in before you did.
1: So, um... Yes, yeah, so and Mark said things have sort of changed over the last few years. The fact that there is a prog awards for a start. This is the second year they've done it now. And I think Jerry Ewing, with his idea of having a prog magazine, was a stroke of genius because, you know, it sells well. There's a lot of people out there who for years have been listening to progressive music, whether it's the old stuff or more modern stuff. And there's been no outlet or recognition of the fact that people do listen to this music. doesn't help when some of your favourite bands start saying this music. (laughs) It's uh, embarrassing. But anyway, um, I don't know what's happened over the last few years, but gradually prog's not such a dirty word anymore. People are happy to come out and say, I'm a prog fan. Even pop musicians or indie musicians or whatever will come out and say, oh yeah, I like Genesis or Pink Floyd or whoever. There's no stigma attached to it anymore, which is great. I don't
0: think there was ever a stigma attached to liking Pink Floyd.
1: No, but Prog generally was. Um, So then he's also asked, there was a time wasn't there when the band were a bit wary of the Prog label. And Mark says, only because of what it stood for, really, which was, you know, dinosaurs and stuck in the past and all the rest of it. But we didn't see ourselves like that. What's weird, I suppose, is the association with demons and wizards and (laughs) fantasy and fiction. I think part of the blame for that has to lie with some of the very early prog bands, the innovators like King Crimson. Their lyrics were quite demons and wizards, weren't they? And then you've Yes, whose lyrics you can't make head nor tail of. And, you know, even Genesis had a kind of fantasy slant to their lyrics. So you can see why the associ- that association is there. Of course, calling ourselves Merillion. Ha, <laughs> ha, ha. But because we came along after punk had happened and, you know, lyrically bands were being much more down to earth and gritty and singing about real life that was part of our heritage if you like fish's lyrics tended to be more like that and less well apart from grendel i can't think of anything that he ever wrote in that sort of vein really then he is asked so is it a sensible question to ask how do you view what you do as a band mark kelly says i'd like people to approach our music with an open mind obviously Personally, I think we're definitely in that area, prog, if you like, or progressive music, though there's a lot of crossover with pop music for some of our songs and heavy rock for some of the others. I'd just like to think that we're covering new ground with the stuff that we do, and that we're not just churning out rehashed chord progressions from other songs, and that we're moving on in what we say musically and lyrically. But it's not a good thing to pigeonhole things. That's what I'd say.
0: Fair enough. But, you know, as
1: Jerry Ewing said... You know, maybe don't write so many songs that sound like prog songs <laughs> if you don't want to be pigeonholed or considered prog.
0: Well, here's a question for you, because actually he does make a point saying a lot of people think that or thought that prog was music about wizards and demons and sci-fi stuff. From what I discovered last night when we were looking up Transatlantic and then consequently had a look at... Um, Edison's children mm. and stuff like that. There are still bands out there that are sci-fi orientated. I mean mm. in the description for Edison's children it said a sci-fi sci-fi music or
1: something, like <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. They do describe themselves.
0: So like. my question is should prog maybe then be split into subgenres where you've got sci-fi prog or fantasy mm. prog and on one <laughs> side and pop pop slash rock prog on the other side I'm
1: sort of with Mark in a way that
0: because it's not just in the past there are still bands that do like to continue that theme
1: I I would rather there weren't genres you know music is music I mean obviously it makes life a lot easier to sort of say oh if you like this you might like that Mm. that sort of thing helps people discover new music yeah but uh, so I'm with him from that point of view about the whole being pigeonholed thing but
0: but so it could because you've got like pop rock and heavy metal for example and they're still under the rock umbrella.
1: Yeah, well, so um, is Marillion. merillion is under rock.
0: Yeah, but they're put under the prog umbrella, which then they're saying, "But we're not. We're a different kind of prog."
1: Yes, they're they're Meridian are very different in my mind to something someone like Transatlantic or or yes as an example. Yeah, and uh, yet they're still
0: put in the same category. Or, so maybe that's all that they were sort well, of no, trying it, that to that
1: wasn't wasn't how it was coming across. I mean I even found a quote last night from H around the time of Marbles where he's saying people shouldn't be judged for the music they made 20 years ago. Uh mm. so And yet and yet that was the issue I think yeah, for me and Fishy a lot of Yeah, but the
0: wasn't like like Mark said in that quote they had Grendel But the rest of the songs were kind of very... Real world And based. this is
1: the problem with their messaging. It seems like H thinks that's what they used to do, whereas he knows full oh, so well. so what, he
0: doesn't even know that? No, he does. He knows full oh, well okay. they didn't
1: write songs like that. They mm. wrote, you know, Grendel 1 at most. Mm. Great song still. Great song. I'm not knocking it.
0: And also, but, I also want but... to say there's <laughs> nothing wrong with sci-fi slash fantasy prog, because that is there, because people want to listen to yeah, it. Yeah,
1: look, and I, I've got... We'll talk about Transatlantic next week. That's what next week's episode is about. Sorry, i really need to yawn
0: oh, i'm sorry that we're boring you <laughs> i've been trying to yawn for ages keeping we keeping you up paul yeah
1: you boy. Well, yeah i'm shattered so next week but yeah we're going to talk about transatlantic. and i kind of think it's you know they, they've got together uh, uh, formed a super group and they've said we want to make a certain type of retro prog music mm. and there's nothing wrong with that it's not necessarily my cup of tea but there's nothing wrong with that, and there's nothing wrong with with any music, frankly, exactly. as long as it's yeah. not hurting exactly. anyone. And I hate musical snobbery. I but, hate it. But what but I'm, I'm
0: saying is, for example, if you don't like rap music in general, yeah, s- someone suggesting to you, Marillion because H raps in quartz as rap music, <laughs> yeah. you're gonna you're gonna be shocked when you listen to it because you'll be like, well, that's not rap. Yeah. Well, this is so, why. This is
1: why a lot of the time, you know, Meridian often do still get pigeonholed. You do, you kind of, you go on Apple Music or whatever, you see Meridian and they'll get listed alongside all those bands that are prog bands, neo-prog, like bands like Transatlantic, et cetera, et cetera, which I think Meridian have, have very little in common with other than a bass player in that case. <laughs> I don't think they really have a lot in common with Dream Theater or any of those bands. But you're right in that people seem to do you know who like transatlantic do seem to like Marillion. I don't get that personally because I think there's a very different quality that Marillion have that transatlantic do not have that, that makes Marillion very unique and much more in line with I don't know. Marillion feel like they're a bridge between a certain type of prog. And more mainstream music like a Coldplay, or a mm. uh, or 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 elbow or a band like that. They feel Marillion feel like a, a a bridge between those two things. And the but the only thing Marillion I think really have in common with Transatlantic is that sometimes they write long songs. But yes. their fan base is regardless made up of prog fans for the most part, you mm. know, or, or at least it was back in 2001. So for the lead singer to then come out and kind of go uh oh yeah we've got rapping on our new album which it doesn't really uh, it's a you're going to alienate people <laughs> because rap for a lot of prog fans will be absolute anathema another good prog band shame they're not around anymore uh will be anathema to most prog fans it is and then on top of that uh it, it's just not bloody true you know because they don't know how to do rapping yeah, H doesn't got didn't have a bloody clue how to do how to rap. So to say there's a rap on it, it's just like wrong. And as Jerry Ewing said in that that review, if you don't want to be called prog, don't write songs called like you know. If my heart were a ball, it would roll uphill. There's ten minutes long. Mm. Yeah, 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 and they were running scared of it. So don't you know? But they.
0: <laughs> but I get it. I get it now. What that he's sort of specified that a lot of people viewed prog as sci-fi slash fantasy even though i doubt the fans would have because they know what prog is if they're already fans and also like another interesting point that that long day i had at at the computer a couple of weeks ago where i listened to i put on uh i can't remember what album we're listening to if it was dot com or anarachnophobia and then afterwards spotify started shuffling through if you like this you may like so it it had been on Marillion and then it started shuffling and it started with um I think season's end or something. No, Easter. And the songs that it and the 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 artists and bands that were linked to Marillion were I think they did fit with Marillion's theme.
1: Well, this is the thing. Talking of anathema, there are certain bands that that are classed as prog that I think fit far better with Marillion than than the likes of Transatlantic.
0: Uh, yeah, because it was like Stephen Wilson. Uh, we're getting perfectly. into territory that
1: I want to talk about next week because ah, uh, okay, yes. I mean,
0: my second point was um, which I've forgotten. It was something probably to do with transatlantic. yes, yes it was actually, and right. I don't know whether to say it this week or next we'll week. Just but so, it say it now quickly, okay.
1: and then but then let's we need okay. to shut this down because the whole of next week's episode it's is going to be transatlantic. Why? We, you know, why we respond more to Marillion than than to the music of Transatlantic. While well, also trying to be respectful might... of Transatlantic. Yes. And also, uh, you know, explore that sort of prog.
0: But this might um, give our listeners who aren't familiar with Transatlantic a little heads up before next week as well. Last night, we were listening to a few songs from the separate members of transatlantic's mm. original bands. Yeah. And they're very different to transatlantic. You say and their that. music well, is we
1: well, were what li- we, we were listening to, to singles. Yeah. Last oh, I see. As a po- you know and even transatlantic okay, always okay. have shorter songs. We weren't necessarily listening to what is representative of Neil Morse or the... Dream Theater or Flower Kings. Transatlantic feels like kind of going all out to be a sort of retro prog as possible. Uh, Yes. And the kind of it sounds like the kind of prog that I think journalists and people who are uninformed thought Marillion sounded like. Yes. Uh, But but with and that's why and and
0: that's why I was like, well, maybe it would have been better back in the day to have a subgenre. Of like But then it becomes yeah. I you know, know it becomes convoluted. Everything and gets complicated. broken
1: down into subgenres eventually. You know how many different genres of dance music are there? You know there's loads of different genres of jazz. Uh, and I think Marillion, over the last few years anyway, have, have managed to by embracing who they are, have managed to kind of push through uh, a lot of that sort of negativity. That, that they've experienced in the past and then you have people like Stephen Wilson who proudly has always sort of called himself Prog mm. and you know gets top 10 albums and the like and so and Muse is quite quite blatantly kind of influenced by the sort of Prog's sort of bombasticness and yeah. and you know OTTness of the, the sort of Emerson Lake and Palmer's and the like of the past so yeah Prog has become re- rehabilitated to a certain degree But I think what's a shame is that Marillion was so running scared of it Mm. because I think they mistakenly thought that was costing them record sales, Mm -hmm. which is insane when you think about it with hindsight, because their entire career was based upon being a prog band. Mm. So to then think that suddenly that prog was costing them sales, admittedly, it might have been costing them having number one singles, but... What they ended up doing, unfortunately, by sort of running away from it and turning their back on it, was sort of upsetting the people that have been their foundation, mm. you know. So, and and frankly, it came across like like I feel like we're, we're getting stuck record here, yeah. But you know, to people like myself and Jerry Ewing in that that review, it came across like their lead singer thought he was better than prog. That's what it felt like. Like he was better than it all. Uh, And then calling an album manoracnophobia didn't bloody help, did it? Uh, Yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. Next letter is from our good friend Regis, the wicked pisser.
0: Wicked pisser. Observation of the audio on the podcast. (laughs) I'm not sure how you mic this, but Sanya always seems at a lower level than Paul. Sanya will talk and then Paul will jump in and it's loud. I jumped a couple of times. Let me explain. Oh, yeah, Let me explain. That is my fault.
1: Yeah, it's because Sanya, for some reason, got it, gets it, or at least had it in her head that she has like some sort of really loud, booming voice. I and do. rather than listen to her dear husband who said, you don't, she just got it into her head that she did. So she then went through this phase of sitting as far away from the mic as possible. Yes,
0: but that was because after um, listening to a few of the earlier podcasts, I made my ears hurt with my loudness. (laughs) So I was like, "Okay, I need to sit back a bit." But and then made it too quiet. There's
1: a compressor on it. I'll be honest; I don't think it's that bad, Regis. (laughs) be honest, it's that bad. I was quiet.
0: No, I listened to it. I was quiet for a couple of weeks. Okay, particularly quiet. We've got a compressor on the on the audio, and I yeah,
1: I know I do tend to have some outbursts, my guffawing that I will suddenly be loud.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just comes out of nowhere.
1: I'm not like that in real life. It's weird, uh, isn't it? Yes, you are. No, it's you weird are. how I'm not at all like that. Really? I'm not at all. You have well, sudden outbursts. Out. I'm pretty chill most of the time. I just sit in the corner and don't bother anyone.
0: You do you do have <laughs> do your moments of guffawing in real life as well.
1: Only when, only when someone i.e. me says something funny
0: yeah that's usually the time <laughs> no only when you say something funny full stop
1: anyway we'll try and uh tanya's started sitting slightly closer to the mic i've started sitting slightly further
0: away well, now you're going to be uh, really quiet
1: uh, Oh wait. yeah
0: you're about the distance that i was sitting before yeah but i've got a really loud voice
1: Boo! <laughs> Sorry if I made you jump there, Regis <laughs> Did I make Sanya jump? Brilliant, Brilliant. I made Sanya jump <laughs> I actually did I made you jump <laughs> Happy Halloween, everybody
0: <laughs> I made you jump I'm glad you're amused <laughs> Wow <laughs>
1: All glasses have got steamed up and found that so funny. Anyway. Sanya clutched her heart. <laughs> it's beating too fast. <laughs> Brilliant. Sorry, carry on. Are you ready? Yeah, read Regis' right, letter.
0: Regis says. Onto the sigh of relief, that is arachnophobia. Didn't listen to this till a year after Marbles came out. They had lost me for the most part and Marbles restored my faith and I said thank God and I am the most non-religious person I know. The album starts very strong with Biam, but please drop the Beatles-esque ex- Beatles esp- bridge. Enough of that crap. Solid rocker with a ton of energy. Quartz would be much better if they dropped the Marillion Hold music, which says, we are trying to figure out what to do next with this song, so please enjoy the this meandering <laughs> for the two meandering. minutes. Take that out, and this is top tier and very unique indeed. I don't buy a Marillion album to get a Matchbox 20 song called Map of the World. It was deleted as well as fruit <laughs> as, as well as <laughs> oh, fruit yeah. and separated out. Those <laughs> two sucked wicked bad. Um Well, actually deleted. Wow. Uh, I know what you mean. uh,
1: Funnily enough, because I quite like the Matchbox 20 album that came out around then. And I did think, oh, yeah, Map of the World sounds like Matchbox 20.
0: Oh, really? I know exactly
1: what he means.
0: I absolutely love 21st Century. And I thought if my heart were a ball was good until I went Apple lossless with all of my music. Massive difference, as I had said before truly opens up the music like never before. The song becomes more coherent and is excellent, but needs to end at about 5 minutes 10, which is like, what,
1: halfway through? Yes, that's
0: fine. This song is where they do their take on grunge. Grog? Prunge? Yeah, what would you say? Pronge. Pronge. <laughs> yeah. Pronge.
1: Well, like we just said.
0: I give the album 3.5 stars out of five due to two steamers and a Matchbox 20 song that is in the same camp as Beautiful and a host of other H era songs. Songs are too long and some could be trimmed back by a minute or two. Great album cover, and I am so tired of everyone being offended <laughs> by everything. And the remix is great. Cheers from New Hampshire, Regis. P.S. I will make a bet with you. This will be their last original album. They will do shows, but no more from scratch albums. If I'm wrong, I will donate 100 US dollars, that's 10 quid Canadian, (laughs) to your podcast. And if I am right, you send me a t-shirt size XL. I'm still sending you a package with gifts. Oh, No way. But I'm waiting on one item Which is taking a long time Script is a high res lossless And you have never heard Fish sound like this You are missing out
1: Well I'm excited about the gifts
0: Uh, Mm. I'll I'll take that bet I'm betting on at least one more album I'm betting on at least one more album They, they, they They can't make it their last Without announcing that it's their last Surely Because so many people would be disappointed Also doing a
1: last album There's a bit of marketing to be had around yeah, as, Fish, you know, as his,
0: they have this time with the, it's the 20th.
1: Yeah, and Fish, you know, he he uh he spent like 10 years saying that Wilshmerz was going to be his last album. <laughs> he like didn't shut up about it forever. And it was. And it was. Yes. Well, we don't know. We we'll don't. see, but we also know that they have got music on the shelf that was left over from this album that isn't finished yet. Mm. And I don't think they'll waste that. I think they'll, you know, I think they'll they'll work on it and we'll get at least one more album. Yeah. I think it was music that didn't fit on this one that might be, well, if if we believe what's being said, might be a bit more sort of atmospheric and moody.
0: Ooh, than, nice. Than what we've got
1: on this one, which is, by all accounts, upbeat, which implies maybe this is their last throw of the dice, last hurrah and go out on a moody, atmospheric album. Mm. That's what I'm betting.
0: Okay. All right, then. We'll, I guess we'll find out.
1: We'll find out in about 12 years when the next one comes <laughs> about...
0: out. <laughs> Hang on to your seats, everyone.
1: Oh, it's my turn, isn't it? Your turn. This one's from our good friend Pete Pyjamas. PJ. Yay. PJ and Duncan. The main thing I remember about Anorak was when they sent out the e-web about releasing Map of the World as a single, and I just couldn't believe that was the choice. <laughs> oh, no. I was so irritated by the whole affair that I felt compelled to shoot the bad an email telling them that while it was a solid pop song, Between You and Me had a far more contemporary sound. And if they really wanted to stick with Map of the World, they should at least make it a double A side with Between You and Me. So I'm taking at least partial credit stroke blame for that. Shame it made no difference whatsoever to the fate of the single. Around that time, I was also into doodling around with some multitrack mixing software called Acid. Acid! That I got free with my shiny new CD burner. So I was happy beyond belief when they stuck all the multi-track file thingies between you and me online so I could go have a go at making my own Stellar remix. I wish oh, they'd do nice. that again. I'd love to have a go at remixing them.
0: No? Oh yeah, now I'd love to hear you. I know what I'm doing. What you come up with.
1: Yeah. He says, I probably still have my efforts on a hard drive somewhere. Let's just say it wasn't the start of an exciting new career for me. I think they were charging something like 50 quid a pop to get each of the other multi-tracks from the album. Enough to put off amateurs like me. A shame as i will probably waste endless more hours of my life if I ever got my hands on them. So, the album in general. Thumbs up from me. The cover is different. I quite like different, but I actually prefer the hand-doodled Marillion Anorak design that appeared on a few t-shirts around the time. I think H did that. It did fix my grumble about changing the band name logo for every album by not bothering to put it on the cover at all. My best guess is that it was an intentional move to at least get unsuspecting people to pick it up from the CD shelves. I really rather like Quartz, though the concept that the vocal delivery was in any way, shape or form like rap rigged of trying way too hard to be down with the kids. There are some gems of musical moments in there, making it all feel forced <laughs> That tiny, I don't know if he meant the two F's on forced because that doesn't really make sense, does it? forced That tiny pause and deliberate emphasis on forced is just perfect. And the way the melodic keyboards pull everything together after the whack-on-whacker guitar and shouty but definitely not rap section is pretty spot-on to my ears too. When I meet God, I have beef with this song. I don't know whether it's a Dave Megan thing or a band thing, but it's almost like you could hear them thinking, OK, so out of this world work with sound bites and news clips and all that, so let's do just do exactly the same thing with this one. The same thing comes close to ruining ocean cloud, this grates on me. A lot to the point where I just skipped the song altogether. Wow. Uh, he says, to put it in Mr. the terms Mr. Biffo can relate to, I'd rather listen to the steamer on repeat wow. than this. Wow. <laughs> oh.
0: uh,
1: I, I know Dave Megan likes to do set of the soundbite bites.
0: I love soundbites. Them. I love it. Every time they've done it, I've absolutely appreciated Same.
1: it. I really do. Yeah, I love the ones on Ocean Cloud.
0: I think it adds to the atmosphere that the song is mm. creating. Yeah.
1: Yeah, sorry, I'm gonna to have to disagree with you Pete. We both are here. It's something that Marillion have done since you know, since Script mm. for Jester's tear. They have them on there. So I don't know. I don't know. For me it's part, part of the Marillion. I love it when they do it. it makes yeah. so it makes the songs feel more important somehow.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> In I a guess weird so. Sort yeah. of way. They feel more global. But you know, it, everyone each to their own.
1: Each to their own. Even if they're wrong. Uh, <laughs> so Pete continues I remember at the time a friend grumbling that 21st century went on for about five minutes too long and would be far better if edited way shorter. Listening to it now, I think it goes on for about five minutes too long and would be far better if edited way shorter. <laughs> hey, he'll come around about the uh, sound bites in about 15 years. Um, damn it, I hate admitting when other people are right. I won't mention if my heart were bald, probably because we'd get into an argument about it. And then years later, I might have to admit you were right. Uh, (laughs) Pyjamas. Thank you, Pete. Thank you, Pete. I've got nothing to add to that. Our next Ah. email is from Paul Kirkley. James Um, T. Sorry, say
0: that again? James T?
1: Yeah, you always get confused when I say that. And I've done it, I think, every time he's written in. And every time you're like, huh? Repeat.
0: repeat (laughs) James T. Kirk. Oh, Okay. Yes, I remember now. I wonder if he's just been to space.
1: It's probably not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'd want to see, sorry, just talking of William Shatner going into space. Mm. Why, why haven't they released any footage you've been floating around? Man alive. That would, come on, who doesn't want to see William Shatner floating?
0: Maybe he's blocked it all.
1: I'd love to see William Shatner floating around. That's that's one of my... That's bucket list.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck he's 90. I don't think he's going to be doing
1: it again. Well, why haven't they released it? They must have had cameras in there.
0: It might be he didn't want it to be released.
1: I... An even bigger bucket list would be to float around with William Shatner.
0: Oh, yeah. Imagine
1: bumping into him while floating.
0: That would be really cool. Do
1: you think he threw up on himself or something? Oh,
0: <laughs> Imagine that. And then the sick just floats around with you. Yeah.
1: Imagine that being in space with William Shatner and he's floating, he's just throwing up while he's floating everywhere.
0: Imagine his sick floating into you while you're floating around. Yeah. Ew. Anyway. To boldly go. (laughs) When no sick has gone before. When no sick has floated before. Mm. Anyway. Paul Kirkley says, I really enjoyed the Anarachnophobia episodes, though I felt a slightly weird disconnect from all the talk of Marillion having turned a corner, as this is probably my least favourite album of the H era. Oh! I do agree that it's more consistent than the preceding albums, and certainly benefits from Dave Megan's production, but for me it lacks the peaks I find... On pretty much all of their other records, with no individual track here to rival, say, Go or Interior Lulu or House yeah. from the MuchMaligned.com. Yeah. So, just a few brief thoughts. You talked a little about the difference between H and the rest of the band in terms of emotional intelligence, etc. Do you think that they could be the Quartz to his clockwork? Is it a diss track about his own band? Wow. Ooh. Well, Well, uh, not. Mark Kelly doesn't seem Quartz, does he? He seems a...
1: Oh, actually. No, Mark Kelly... No, no, no. He's not clockwork. I reckon Rothers is clockwork. Hang on. You need to listen to some more Corona Diaries.
0: Yeah, I probably do. Uh,
1: Rothers just wanders off in the middle of recording sessions and no one. Yeah, knows R- where he's Rothers gone. is clockwork. Yeah. Mark Kelly forgets songs that he's played like hundreds of times yeah, before. He's
0: my spirit animal.
1: Uh, <laughs> I don't I, I don't know. The, initially when I read that letter earlier, I know you said to me, Don't read the letter, but the because you wanted to be surprised. But I did read them. Ha <laughs> ha psych. But I'm glad I did, because at first my reaction was yeah, that could be something in that, and then I start to think about the other band members. And...
0: But hang on, what about from an emotional perspective? Because like H is Clockwork emotionally. He's very sensitive. Mm. He ha- he's multi-layered and with his awareness if of his emotions. If it's about emotions,
1: then yeah. If this, if we're talking about the song from an emotional perspective, possibly. I mean, I don't want to speculate.
0: I reckon Rothers is Clockwork as well, but he just hides it. It comes out through his music mm. rather than through his words. His heart is connected to his guitar strings. We could be completely wrong. We could be wrong. Absolutely. we don't know him. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. All right. Map of the world. I was surprised to hear Sanya say this is not a steamer. Oh, because both musically and lyrically, I've always thought of this song as a companion piece to the steamer. If anything, I think it might even be steamier. Okay, why do so many people hate Map of the
1: World? I don't... Okay. I mean, it's not the best song. But for me, I'd sort of rank it in the same ballpark as, you know, Made Again and After Me. It's that kind of pop no. and Sugar Mice. It's of that ilk. No, not it's not Not as that good, good as any of those, I admit. It's just a pop song, whereas the steamer is just... I don't even know what that is
0: that's true um the steam is in a category yeah the of its steam Yeah,
1: you know, with cathedral wall and ugh, other songs like that
0: yeah i don't know
1: i don't know but okay i mean I do,
0: yeah i don't dislike map of the world i don't love it no, but i, I don't that. dislike it i know that this is the 21st century sorry small rant incoming this is a pretty tune but boy do the lyrics wind me up because the natural world is so incredible and so beautiful. And the more you understand the science of it, the more beautiful and astonishing it becomes. I can't believe H uses the word demystify in a pejorative sense. As if discovering how the universe actually works is somehow a bad thing. Would we? Would he rather we were all living in ditches, believing primitive superstitious nonsense about gods and monsters? <laughs> the universe is incredible and beautiful and surprising. Did you know that each of us contain at least a billion atoms, each from Shakespeare and Beethoven and everyone else that ever lived? Or that we are all made entirely anew every few years, so that physically each of us is an entirely different collection of matter to the us that existed 10 years ago? All of this is incredible and you don't need some new age dream catcher Paulo Coelho spiritual mumbo jumbo to appreciate it. For me, that diminishes it. There is beauty in truth, in knowledge and in facts, now more than ever. Also... I don't know how Dame Sarah Gilbert or Professor Kate Ewer or any of the female vaccine scientists who have literally just saved the world would feel about H's assertion that facts and logic are masculine and floaty and eat, pray, love, hippie, trippy nonsense is feminine. By contrast, let me offer you one of my all time favorite lyrics from Connor Oberst, a.k.a. Bright Eyes. She said stars that clear have been dead for years, but the idea just lives on. Poetic and scientifically accurate. But anyway, as I say, nice tune. Good luck with Transatlantic. <laughs> Good luck with Transatlantic, Sanya. Something tells me you'll need it.
1: Yes. Uh, I you always do. saw the song about, as about love, really, and falling mm. in love, not necessarily literally about everything. The idea that love gets diminished when it's explained in a scientific way. Funnily enough, I was reading about it in a magazine last month.
0: Love and emotions yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: I think it's a song about embracing the mad nature of falling in love and how it's unpredictable and weird and wild and can't be explained. And
0: Yeah, and when you sort of go, oh, well, that's just your hormones... Uh, you've got a lot of oxytocin raging within you and makes you feel connected to someone else.
1: Yeah. Um and it's always it's I, true. Yeah, and but, it's the line about the reproduction. You you know, you can sort of break
0: it down on wider
1: do men cheat more because you know the the nature says that they need to spread their seed as widely as, yes. as possible. That gets trotted out quite often.
0: Yeah.
1: But actually now talking about it like that, that it's a song about love and it's it's love being a mysterious unquantifiable thing I, I see now parallels with between you and me and quartz the lyrics in those as well and this is the 21st century what do
0: you mean
1: well between you and me is a song kind of about you know who, who oh, can say what course. it means what this goes chemistry on between between us yeah
0: yes yeah i get it i mean i also agree with what paul said about the magic in nature being demystified the beauty in it sorry not the magic um but it is magical as well at the same time when you kind of think oh how our brains work and even i guess even looking at love through that perspective sort of going wow these hormones that start flooding Mm. our brains that make us feel connected and in love with someone else that's pretty cool
1: but but it is there is something magical about it isn't it how you can meet one person and there isn't a connection there, mm. and then meet someone else, such as when I met you, dear, and fall in love with them. Mm. It's, That's and, mysterious, and it, and it is mysterious because sometimes it just sort of goes beyond being able to put it into words. It's just something you feel. Mm. So why isn't it? Why don't we just fall in love with everyone if it's if it's a reproductive?
0: Well, thing? some people do.
1: Okay, yeah, maybe some people do. You know, why, <laughs> some people yeah, I don't know why have I only ever fallen in love once in my life. Yeah, but you know if it's know. if it's anyway, that's all getting a bit deep.
0: And then, would it ruin it for you if you had the scientific explanation? Would you prefer to keep it magical?
1: I don't really care. I don't think about it one way or another. I mean, I kind of know the whole. Well, look, yeah, I, I get the whole. Oh, the honeymoon period, isn't that when? Your body is still flooded with yeah. chemicals. So the idea being, you know, make sure you get get pregnant during that time to and keep, stay keep... stay
0: around while the baby's at its most vulnerable. Yeah, and then report. it fades.
1: And I can confidently say, it's never faded for me. You know, and I I I'm confident in, it never will touch wood. Yeah, so I don't even adhere to that. And and I yeah, I don't mind going there with this. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. Like I, I've told you this story about when. Because when you know doing my counselling training at the time, I had to go and see my uh, uh, my therapist, and breaking down one time, not long after I'd met you, breaking down in front of her and kind of going, I didn't think love was real, um, and and the the feeling so overwhelmed by that after years of sort of thinking it was the scientific thing and you know it was that that love was something that we told ourselves that was a fairy tale that we we a lie that we told ourselves that it you know i didn't think it was real and then to actually experience it relatively late in my life it was overwhelming and yeah god i broke down in front of her and she just sort of nodded at me and kind of went yeah it is it's real and i just and feeling that i don't want that feeling taken away from me by kind of trying to you know quantify mm. it yeah it doesn't matter it maybe is what that's it is. what
0: H is singing about
1: I think that is what he's singing about and that's how I've always sort of seen it so anyway let me move on having just bared my soul aww um, I think it's a lovely story thank you I shall now offset it with some fart noises <laughs> god help the world so Giovanni dear Robert and Sanya <laughs> to read that out
0: Dear Robert. And oh Sonia, my god I know you've been looking forward to this moment since yesterday
1: <laughs> anything you want to tell me Sanya about Robert anything Who's you want to Robert? tell me
0: about Robert
1: <laughs> Robert
0: he's your alter ego anyway Robert
1: no sorry Giovanni says <laughs> that was genuinely
0: that was a
1: genuine error then Giovanni says Giovanni over here A long-time Meridian fan from Venezuela who happens to be living in Florida for quite some time. Oh, we were talking about living in Florida this morning. Yes, we we? were. Uh,
0: Lovely Florida. uh, We
1: love Florida, but Sonia was telling me that it's a hellhole to live in. No, I
0: (laughs) (laughs) no that is not. (laughs) No, I said I was shocked because I'd read a Quora post where someone (laughs) was explaining how expensive the medical care for his dad was, and that he would have preferred. To have lived in a different state.
1: Yes. I, I'm i just winding you up, but you did say it's an awful place to no,
0: live. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I said I was shocked because the people on Quora were all set. They weren't saying it was an awful place to live. They were just saying it was nice to go on holidays there, but there was one business owner that was complaining about something. I can't remember what. And... And other people were saying because of the medical care was so expensive. Was the bitch complaining about
1: tourists? Going no,
0: no, on. he wasn't complaining, complaining no. about tourists. I, I can't remember.
1: Anyway, I'll, move, uh, I'll read on. Yes. I was 13 when Holidays in Eden came out, my first of many Meridian albums brought to me on release date. By that time, I had the entire discography, being misplaced childhood, my heart's delight until Brave left me speechless. I've spent more than a year listening to your podcast. I started listening when you did Fugazi Part 2. It was September 2020, if I remember well. Your podcast is my Monday soundtrack while at the gym. It's common to find me laughing out loud at your comments and joyful interactions with Sanya. That's good. Uh, What to say about anarachnophobia? When it came out, I simply hated it. (laughs) I didn't see that coming. Um, I lost interest after this strange engine, radiationmeridian.com. I was not really expecting much from any new release by Marillion until I heard the first song, on Marbles. Both Between You and Me and Quartz have a special place in my heart. I don't mind the pseudo-rap on Quartz. It's an acquired taste. This is another album that seldom leaves my CD shelf. It's not unlistenable, but not a favourite of mine by any means. All the best. Giovanni. And then we got another email from Gio- Giovanni who said, and, who said, Sorry, I made a mistake. I don't know why I won't rob it. <laughs>
0: You love that he
1: wrote Robert. He said, my apologies.
0: You made Paul's day, Giovanni.
1: Apology accepted, Roberto. So that's it. I don't know how long that episode will be, given that we stopped recording about five times during
0: it. Yeah, I have no idea either. Uh, it is it's now... taken us most, the most part what, of what the time day. What time is it now?
1: Quarter to three. Quarter to three. You know, we start recording this at half ten this morning.
0: Oh my goodness. We started crazy. at half ten.
1: That's how long this episode... That
0: is crazy. I had big plans for today and yeah, I'm like, let's record early so then I can get everything else done.
1: Well, do you know the irony? Our special guest who's coming on next week... Yes. He said to me yesterday, how long do the podcasts take to record? And I say, well, about as long as they take to listen to. And he went, oh, right. I thought you like just really edited them down. And I said, no, no, we don't waffle as much as you think. And we haven't waffled today. However, we have just been continually interrupted. <laughs> True so uh there we go so yeah special guest next week we're going to talk about transatlantic yes and so our special guest is none other than neil morse
0: <laughs> are you just i don't understand where you're going
1: with that that's it it's neil morse coming on the podcast next week. i didn't tell you i messaged him are you for real no oh. <laughs> I'm not Neil Morse, is like, after everything we've said about Transatlantic, do you think I'd even reach out to Neil Morse? Well, I was surprised. I can't believe you take me at face value after all this Well, time. I didn't
0: at first. And then when you said I messaged him, I thought maybe you had.
1: No, it's just my mate Anthony. You know, Pedantony. No,
0: the Pedantony. The
1: Pedantony, who is a big Transatlantic and Neil Morse and Spock's Beard fan and Dream Theatre fan, probably. I don't know about that one, but probably.
0: So he's here to balance out our views.
1: Yeah, although we have been listening... And yes. Both of us have enjoyed it slightly more <laughs> slightly more than we thought.
0: I'd say if Anthony's like fully pro transatlantic and you're quite not anti I'm not anti you're not anti transatlantic, but you're not massively keen on them. No. I'm probably somewhere in the
1: middle. Yes, so we're going to get kind of a a whole spectrum of opinions on Transatlantic. But more than that, we're going to talk about what makes Meridian different to those kind of trad prog bands. What is it that makes that Meridian sound different? Mm. And why is it that, for instance, people like myself find Meridian so palatable Mm -hmm. and struggle with that kind of more retro... I don't know, prog homage type music. That's how I think of it. Yeah. So we're doing that next week. The week after, we we are building up to marbles. We're going to get there. The week after, we're either going to do one of two things. We're either going to do the Front Row Club.
0: Ooh, interesting.
1: Uh, or the First Meridian Weekend. Wow. Because we're in that era where Meridian are just trying lots of new things. Basically, it's like we've suddenly kind of reached marbles, and I've kind of gone, "Ah, God, we're coming to the end now," and I don't,
0: not ready yet,
1: not ready yet. So we're just going to drag it out. Like Wait, a, write more we're, letters, we're everyone. We're going to drag it out like a track off anarachnophobia.
0: <laughs> write more letters, everyone, yeah. so we can have like ten weeks of letters pages. Yeah,
1: no, we will. We'll. I don't think we're going to stop. We're going to find ways to. You know,
0: Hopefully. always find something
1: you to talk about. So yeah, so we've got front row club to talk about coming up. We've got uh Meridian Weekend one to talk about because I actually think it might be worth us because I've been to every at least every Holland one or the UK ones. I think mm-hmm. it's worth us. Yeah, you know, why not? Why why shouldn't we? Discuss yeah, well, all also
0: of because you can talk about the how they've changed and evolved mm-hmm. over the years. Yes,
1: and we'll try not to repeat ourselves too much, like I have been. Of That's our
0: uh, our. Uh, Modus operandi is. Oh, USP, repeating. Is, yeah. And to yeah. think that your nickname for me is repeat You keep repeating sections like uh, an anacrophobia track. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're very proud Now, this now, Robert. <sighs> Sanger, please. Right, everyone, uh, go subscribe to us. Go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Go t- tell people about us on, I don't know, the Meridian Forum or Meridian and Friends or Meridian the H years or anywhere on Twitter. Retweet us. All that kind of thing. Drive people our way, however you can.
0: I thought you, could, I thought you were about to say drive people mad.
1: Drive people away from us, please. People <laughs> <laughs> driving them mad. Uh, drive, but yeah drive people mad by plugging us <laughs> that's the best thing you can also support us on Patreon www.patreon.com slash mrbiffo we haven't done a bonus episode in a while but you do get we will do we would have done one today but frankly we, we ended we, up getting we, interrupted 5000 times yeah we, we spent 5 hours recording this this episode god sakes wow this is what we do for you I could have done anything today I could have gone for a nice walk <laughs> yeah, yeah, <well>.
0: yeah right <laughs> <laughs> As if. Uh
1: anyway. Uh we'll see you all next week. No, you won't, we won't. We'll talk we won't. to you next week. Oh, we'll talk to you. <laughs> we won't see them. No. That'd be creepy. Imagine if we could see everyone who's listening to us.
0: Well, it would be like being on a stage, I suppose, and you can see people looking at you. That would shit me voice right up. <laughs> <laughs>